Are you ready to go offside? Because it's time for an offside hockey talk rant with yours truly, Doug Ireland. Uh, last night, the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, took on a team known as the New York Islanders. And I was very frustrated. Um, so a lot of these games, I don't get the chance to watch live. Uh, I have to watch them PVR or recorded uh, hours after the fact. Um, the one nice thing about that is that I can skip through commercial breaks and even the uh, the whistles. But there's there's two main gripes that I have. Uh, the first one's going to have to do with the broadcast itself. Uh, did they even show five of the faceoffs? Um, I can't believe that you know I'm two years, three years into doing this show now, and I'm still ranting about them not showing faceoffs. Like this is, it's obscene. It's I can't believe. Can you imagine if uh, American football didn't show the snap because they were showing a replay? Like, that would not last. Uh, I can't believe that uh, we seem to, to tolerate it as much as we do. Sportsnet, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. Um, I tune into the game to watch hockey. There was there was a one of the goals they almost missed. I have no idea how the setup went until I saw the replay. I don't want to be perpetually watching the replays. I want to watch the hockey game. It's, I mean, like, I know there's a lot of pressure on whoever the director is, um, trying to show all the right angles, get all the information out. Maybe there's even some sponsorship crap tied up into it. But at the end of the day, the, the number one priority should be to show the hockey game. Um, I, I know they're frustrated at, at refs not dropping the puck, linesmen taking forever to drop the puck. But it's just ridiculous. Um, aside from that, uh, speaking of the linesmen dropping the puck, uh, every time <laughs> Tavares went to take a faceoff, there was this long, inordinate pause, and the boos rained down. And I just, I struggle to believe that that was not done intentionally by the officiating crew. Um, if not the, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the, uh, back to the director, just, you know, trying to show more of that. But that goes to serve my previous point, which is that um, they can show the face-offs. They're absolutely capable of it. They're capable of cutting back to it early. I mean, they were able to do that to show us John Tavares getting booed. Why can't they do that, you know, on the regular? They used to do it. It's not like, you know, a new thing that's come to to the forefront. Like, re- this has been going on. Uh, I think I couldn't even tell you how long I've been on this. I feel like it was uh, the very first season where I had a hashtag show the faceoffs. Like if you're a if you're a young father, if you're a, a a hockey coach, and you want to show your son or daughter how to take a face off, you go, you don't even get to do that because they don't show how they line up, they don't show any of it. They show five seconds after the play's already started, and the the thing is, you know, if they were showing really insightful replays uh, all the time, I wouldn't have a problem with it. What I do have a problem with is that they showed stupid stuff, crap. That has nothing to do with hockey. I mean, you're talking, they show guys sitting on the bench, cracking open their little smelling salts. Uh, they'll show people in the stands. They'll show the celebration from a goal a period or two periods ago. Like, what do you, why? What are you doing? Like, it's it's really not that hard. Show the hockey game. Prioritize live events happening on the ice. They've missed goals before. Like I said, they, are, they almost did it last night. But yeah, that's, so 
away from the actual presentation of the game, I want to talk about the actual game. And I, I sent a tweet out uh, live, pretty much, at the end of, for me at least, uh, after the game had finished, saying that, you know, every Saturday, pretty much every Saturday, I think, for the duration of the Ontario Junior Hockey League season, I don't get to watch the Leafs live on Hockey Night in Canada. I have to watch it recorded, or I don't get to watch it at all. Uh, occasionally, I'll get to watch, like, the tail end of the game, you know, sitting in the bar after or something like that. But uh, that's it. That's all I get to watch. Uh, live, So if I want to see how, how the Leafs actually perform, how they actually play, I have to go and watch a recorded uh, recording of it. So to me, I go from watching junior A hockey players, specifically the Toronto Patriots, who right now they're on a 12-game winning streak at the time of this recording. Um, and I go from that to watching the Leafs. And, you know, junior junior hockey players are, they're an enigma. Uh, you don't You never really know what you're going to get on any given game. But in the Toronto Patriots case, the one thing I know I'm going to get is a team of players playing their hearts out, at least for a way higher proportion of the game that the Leafs do. You know, Patriots lately, they've gotten off to a few soft starts. I think they were two down 2 nothing in their last two games uh, against uh, Markham and the Junior Canadian, or the, uh, sorry, the North York Rangers. But they still won. They came back and won. They played hard. And, uh, I mean, you saw a little bit of that from the Leafs last night. They were down 2 nothing, and they battled back and made a hockey game out of it. But you, you not <laughs> just, just, it's just not the same. And, like, on paper, it looks almost identical. But watching the hockey game, it's, it's so frustrating. Watching these hockey players that are paid millions of dollars not put their heart into it. And there's a difference between playing badly, being tired, and not giving a crap. And you can say that, uh, oh, well, you know, they don't want to play for Babcock. They're done They're done with playing for Babcock. They're sick and tired of, of this guy. So what? Um, he, like, in any sort of real professional athlete sense, the only thing Mike Babcock should be controlling is the systems on the ice, uh maybe a little bit the ice time, which players are on the ice for given situations. You can take all that out of the, the <laughs> take all that out of consideration and just consider the effort of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I've been saying this since we got we were eliminated last uh, April in the playoffs. The Leafs do not work hard enough consistently enough. I think that was one of the, the best parts about getting Zach Hyman back, uh, which was great to see him on the ice last night is that that's a guy that goes out and works his hardest pretty much every single shift. He doesn't take shifts off. Um, the number of guys I see turn... turn <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like a broken record because we've said this on the show. So I'm not going to say it again. But what I am going to say is it's the contrast between that and watching younger players work harder, skate faster, which should never happen, and, and then the, the other contrast to that is watching other teams respond to how the Leafs are playing and play down. It just it makes for bad hockey, and it's not entertaining, and it's not fun to watch. Um, there's good ways to lose games, and there's bad ways to lose games, and even when it's a close score, the Leafs are losing the games badly. That's not what anybody wants to see. Um, what do you do? Do, do you change the coach? Do you trade away three or four of your best players? What do you do? 
the whole point of this rebuild was that this wouldn't happen again. And yet, here we are. So, you can blame Dubis for not getting Babcock the players he wants. You can blame Babcock for not buying into the Dubis system. You can blame Shanahan for uh, for combining those two guys. But I think the, the truest answer to whose fault this is, and although I hate pointing fingers, this is I feel like we're now at a situation, a point in time, where it's become necessary to do that, is it's all of them. It's every single player. It started with the William Nylander crap. All right? That wasn't handled properly. And the evidence, I think, that that wasn't handled properly is how we played ever since he came back. Um, you hear lots of people talking about, oh, the Leafs have been so bad since, like, last December. Well, what happened around then? Only one thing happened around then. William Nylander came back. William Nylander signed. Probably for less than he wanted. Probably less than a lot of people thought he would. But he held out. And he held that power over this organization, over this coach, over this GM, over Shanahan. Um, and he demonstrated uh, to other guys, especially, obviously, Mitch Marner, that it was at least possible to do that, to get something out of it. Um, so, what do you do? What, what, where, where do we go forward from here? And I believe we said a little, I said a little bit like this on our last episode that I see just a few paths forward. Um, basically, you fire Dubas, or you fire Babcock, or you trade away one or two big-name players. And as much as I've been a champion of Nylander, a champion of Marner, you can't... <laughs> that is the root of where attitude problems start. You can't have guys on a team making 700000 to, you know, a million dollars a year. And they're playing on the same ice surface as guys making $10 million a year. Guys who didn't take a discount. People, things, guys that everybody knows that they might not be worth that much. I mean, in my opinion, Marner probably is. But it's still going to breed that discontent, that the problems in the dressing room that you can't excise without excising the player. So what do you do? Everybody's saying fire Babcock this, fire Babcock that. I just don't think that that is going to do anything and then we're going to be out a really solid coach. I certainly don't think that if you bring in Sheldon Keefe that it's going to solve these problems. You bring in a, a less experienced coach with less power. I just don't see it. I don't see that helping this hockey team. So, do you get rid of Dubas? Well, Dubas is uh, not the greatest GM in the history of the hockey game. At the same time, I would say he's average, maybe just above or just below average, but he's right in the uh, right in the mix of things there. I don't I don't necessarily have a massive problem with Dubas. We could have a better we could have a better GM certainly. Um, I don't know that we would have one available to us immediately. Uh, everybody's looking for an immediate solution, like this season is the be all and end all. That is a mistake that Leafs organization has made time and time and time again over the past, I don't know, I guess like 50 years at this point. This is not an immediate, immediately solvable problem. We have to think at least somewhat long term. I, and the reason I say that is we have John Tavares locked up. We have Austin Matthews locked up. Heck, we even have Mitch Marner locked up. We have a forward core. 
the decision that needs to be made is which part of those core, which part of this core is rotten and which parts aren't. I don't know which. I'm, I think the only people who know the answer to that question are sitting in the Leafs dressing room. It may not even be the coach. It may not even be those players. Instead, you might have to go and ask a guy like uh, Tyson Berry. Cody Cece, I think, would have a very good perspective on any issues that exist in the Leafs dressing room because he hasn't been here long enough to take certain things for granted. I don't know how else to put it, to, to, uh, to have gotten used to the way things are. And I just, it's, it's so frustrating as a Leafs fan and as a hockey fan that we don't get to enjoy the, these hockey games. Um, I think that's part of the reason that it's so frustrating watching the way that the games are broadcast and people get so angry at the broadcasters is because they're frustrated in general. Um, I'm not making excuses for guys like Houston and, and Simpson. I think they are atrocious but uh, it's definitely amplified when you don't have a fun, entertaining hockey game behind them. <sighs> so, I don't think, I don't think firing Babcock is the solution. I think it's a solution. I think you could, I think there's multiple ways you can go about this, and each are going to have their own consequences. But I'm not confident, quite frankly, that any of them are going to happen. Um, you look at what just happened with Don Cherry. The Leafs make the wrong decision. Uh, there's going to be backlash. And I think part of the reason we brought in Shanahan and all this was to avoid orga the organization making decisions based on what the fans think should happen. Um, you know, a person is smart. I would, I would even wager that you can take any individual fan and there's a very good percentage chance that they're going to be someone who's played in junior A hockey, junior B hockey, has played in the OHL, has been around the hockey game for, you know, decades, that they know what they're talking about. I would argue that the Leafs fan base may be the most educated. But when you put them all together in a big mass on Twitter and then you let them go ham, you can't base your decisions about that. Um, that's just not the way to go about making decisions for a professional hockey team. And yet we know that that influence is there. Uh, the firing of Don Cherry, and now you have this whole Jess Allen crap going on. It's just evidence that there's the fans have more power than maybe even they realize. So what I'm going to encourage every Leafs fan to do is focus on the positives. And I'm going to try and do this myself. Uh, we're, we're, we've been very negative. Um, I, miss, I miss the season where we had just gotten Austin Matthews and we weren't expected to make the playoffs, but we did anyway. I missed that so much. And I feel like at least half of what that season was was fans' expectations. And that's under our control. That's something that we as Toronto Maple Leafs fans can control. So what I'm looking for is improvement game to game. I'm looking for exciting hockey. And I'm looking for our younger guys to continue to grow. So, you know, and I don't necessarily, and I, but when I say younger, I'm not talking about guys that are actually young like Marner and Matthews. I'm talking about guys like Kapanen and Mikheyev and guys that may not uh, physically <laughs> be as young and may in fact have aged, uh, be older than some of the, uh, the, the stars, so to speak. 
but are NHL young, NHL young guys, young guns. I'm looking for guys like Cody Ceci, um, Tyson Berry, guys young, quote-unquote young, to the organization. These are the guys that I'm looking to step up. These are the guys that I'm looking to see excitement generated from. Um, yeah. So that's what I want. I don't care. I'm just not going to care about wins and losses anymore. I'm only looking for effort and excitement. And we're going to see if that can improve things for me. Because if we aren't getting entertaining hockey, then what the hell is the point of watching? But that's going to do it for me. This has been another Offside Hockey Talk rant. Uh, Our thanks goes to our sponsor, Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. Make sure you check them out at msfi.ca. And make sure you visit leafshub.com for all your news and notes about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Most of our, uh, if not all of our episodes are posted up there as well. So thanks to you for listening. Thanks for being Leafs fans. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your team. Let's go Leafs go.